early on when we were, you know, um, high school rockers, we had no true concept of what we're talking about right now. <laughs> we just wanted to like be famous and I guess be loud and, <laughs> and be, yeah, turn it, turn it up to 11 and bring the house down kind of thing. But that's oftentimes how God works, you know, revealing pieces of the puzzle as, as we're ready to, uh, to see it. And so that's kind of how it's played out in our lives. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio, and Drew Brown, Juno-nominated singer-songwriter and worship leader. Both hope to share insights into Christian music, exploring ministry, message, and everything in between. You can connect with the show at faithstrongtoday.com slash between the grooves or via Twitter at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Drew. Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Grooves, your weekly look at music, ministry, and everything in between with today's top Christian artists. And today, mm. this is a conversation, Drew, that um, I've been looking forward to sharing. I know you have as well. Yeah. Brothers-in-law, uh, Cody Clark and Jared Moffat, they're in a group called After Grace. And uh, these guys, are, this conversation what blows me away about this conversation is is everything you hear today is what this podcast is all about. <laughs> That's right. Right? That's right. Uh, yeah. This is just life. This is, you know, about guys in this business, in this music industry, and this is – they're just – Ordinary, average guys like you and I, mm-hmm. you know, we're just we're just average guys. Yeah. Even Black Santa is just an average just guy. Just an average guy. Right? And uh, just talking about uh, everything from how uh, how COVID has affected them personally, uh, everything from, you know, looking at the benefits of being an independent artist versus being signed with a label, yep. um, adoption, mm-hmm. touch a little bit about that, and, mm-hmm. and just going through life. So good. It was a good one. That is coming up in just a bit. So, <laughs> but before before we get into that, you know what you gotta do there, J.K. <clears throat> you, you want me to do this? Oh, please! That'd be amazing. <clears throat> Community corkboard. He did it better than I did. Really? I think so. I kind of put that rock, you know, uh, flavor to it. It was it was great. Yeah, I, I, maybe a little bit more raspiness to it. I I, I have goosebumps. Do you really? Yeah. Wow. That was, that was wonderful. <laughs> can i say thank you so what do we have for community corkboard today we have nothing nothing <laughs> no 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 we we, we have oh, our we have. upcoming christmas special oh my gosh yes of course have we plugged it enough times <laughs> our christmas special uh being released on december 21st mm. we always have lots of fun with this episode and mm-hmm. we bring back many of our previous guests and we talk about christmas and you know i've said this before we all love christmas right we yes. it's a great time of year spending mm. time with family food right. and and whatever else uh but we're we have some fun in in our chats bringing back some of our previous guests so you do not want to miss this episode it's it's going to be it's going to be as the english would say brilliant Right? It, it will be brilliant. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That's and as, right. And as far as other stuff happening in the world around us, uh, hey, how, how's this for an idea? Check out your favorite artists to see what they're up to for Christmas. Right? 
I mean, you're, you're on, on social media. Today, man. You're, on so- <laughs> you're on social media. You know, go on their IG, That's go right. on their Twitter, go That's on their right. Facebook, see what they're up to. A lot doing. of them have concerts going on. A lot yeah. of them have virtual concerts. That's right. Uh, great opportunity for you to connect with them and participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out what they're up to. That sounds like a good idea. And that was Community Corkboard for today. Can you do the song one more time? Community Corkboard. Oh my God, it's so good. I got that little falsetto thing happening I pretty good it, that man. time. I'm impressed, yeah. dude. Are you? I am. And you don't impress easily. I do not. <laughs> I do not. That was good. So what's happening in the music world around us today? Um, you know what? Uh, last night I was uh, watching a live concert uh, with Sean Mendez with my kids. And we're, we're just watching. We're having a good time. We're singing. We're dancing. It was a really, really good concert. And then I realized within the last two weeks, <laughs> he's put out a documentary film on Netflix. He's put out this live concert thing that was filmed last year in Toronto. He put out a brand new album, and then he's also done a live concert of that brand new album, which premiered on Instagram and YouTube last night. Mm -hmm. And within two weeks, four big projects. And I'm most like two of them have been sitting in the can for like a year. Just waiting, right? Because it's going to be like in the theaters. The other one was going to be uh, um, also in the theaters. So it's like, oh, this is interesting. I guess he's kind of like, like might as well put it out now. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Like you know, nothing's going to be open anytime soon. I have this content. Just release it. If you don't release it now, then the issue is in the upcoming months, as you know, the whole pandemic stuff, you know, hopefully settles down, mm-hmm. is that you're going to have every other artist releasing stuff and now you, your stuff's just going to get lost. This is it. Yeah. And some people are afraid of like oversaturating the market, like putting out too much in one time where I'm kind of like, like me and the kids, we've been consuming this stuff. It's kind of like, there's another thing with him. I guess because of the pandemic, we're just hungry for some good stuff. And so even though he's put out like all this stuff in the span of two weeks, People usually be like, okay, dude, chill out. <laughs> That's enough. But I think it's the opposite's been true. The sales have been skyrocketing, streaming skyrocketing. Um, the views on YouTube and on Netflix have been huge. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like if you have lots of content, just release it. And we're seeing that now in other industries now. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Uh, right? they, they've decided they're going to be releasing a whole pile of movies that were set to be released in the movie theater. And they're releasing it because movie theaters, for the most part, aren't open. Or if yeah. they are, they're very limited. That's right. Uh, and, of course, they want to get people watching this thing. Yeah. And if they can't get you know, a good number of people attending the movie theater to watch it may as well release it on to, you know, whatever other platform there is and make some money that way. It, it makes total sense. Yeah. So if you haven't been watching the news, this is what's happening. So Warner Brothers is releasing a lot of their big, big movie titles within Wonder next, Woman. Like Wonder Woman's uh, the Suicide, Squ- the Suicide Squad, Matrix. Yep. Yep. And they're doing all this within the next like, uh, like six months. So Wonder Woman comes out in a few weeks and then goes, goes on from there, which is a brilliant tactic because. They're sitting on the stuff. Like the James Bond movie has been done and was supposed to come out in April, but yet we're still waiting for it. Black Widow from Marvel the- uh, Marvel Studios was supposed to come out in May. I got to wait till next May to watch it. Right. It's kind of like we could wait or just give us the films. <laughs> You're gonna make the money off it because I mean theaters won't be open for a while. How many you might people? As well just release it. How many people have already finished Netflix? 
all the way finished. <laughs> right, there's all there's the nothing way. left to see. <laughs> Done. Every show, every movie. It's, it's all it's all reruns for me now. Like there watching movies I've seen before, yeah. or or mm, I I don't know if I've seen this movie, and then halfway through, yeah, I've seen this movie. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's right. There's nothing wrong with that, yeah, but yeah. it's nice to get some new content for sure. Yeah, and quite frankly, I think there's going to be demand for people wanting to see these new movies and and forking over some cash to do that. Yeah, uh, they won't be able to do it in the movie theater. They'll be able to do it online. That's right. But people are looking for new content. They're yeah. looking for new movies to watch. Yeah. There hasn't been anything for months. That's right. So I think, you know, they'll probably make a little bit more than they would have is if they released it in the movie theater and then, and then waited for it to come out on DVD or released it to right. some of these streaming services right. after the fact. Yes. They're going to make more now than they would have if they had. Right. You know, on, on specifically the streaming, streaming platforms. Stuff. That makes yeah. sense to me. And they're, yes, they're not going to make the income from the movie theaters. Right. Uh, but that's that's a for, <laughs> foregone conclusion, right? <laughs> this is it. Welcome to a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, adapting. We've talked a lot about that in recent months about adapting in this pandemic. And, and it's good to see some of these bigger players out there are doing the same thing. And um, and it benefits us. Yeah. So, I mean, so if you're an artist, if you are trying to figure out what to do, um, you know, maybe take a cue from what Warner Brothers and HBO is doing or even from what, what Sean Mendes is doing. If you're creating a lot of content, you're kind of waiting for the right time. Maybe now's the right time. And, yeah. and maybe just let's like experiment, see what happens. Right now, the industry is all in flux. It's all crazy. Like, pave your own path. If Mendes can release four major projects within a span of two weeks and still have growth and still make some money. I know he's a big artist, but that's a huge thing to do yeah. without oversaturating your, your fan base and your market. If he can do that, maybe there's something for indie artists, too, to kind of think about how we release things differently. Yeah. That's Lots good, of man. different creative things you can do. And uh, looking forward to what the new year holds as far as, uh, you know, some of this creative stuff that uh, that we've offered and, and suggested. There we go. Yep. And mm. looking forward to those movies, too. No doubt. <laughs> oh, Wonder Woman. Yes. Can't wait. Well, it is time to get into our conversation with this uh, duo. They are brothers-in-law, um, so they make it work. I don't know if I could work with any of my brother <laughs> brothers-in-law. But having said that, uh, Cody Clark, Jared Moffat, uh, their band is called After Grace, and they're doing some great stuff. And uh, you'll really enjoy this conversation. As I said earlier, uh, a well-rounded view of what's what this podcast is all about and just getting to know these guys and uh and and see how this year has impacted them with some of the stuff yeah. that's happened to them personally it's yeah. it's uh quite uh moving and uh quite interesting let's get between the grooves with after grace So you guys are related, obviously. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're uh, we're brother. I'm, I'm married Cody's sister. Oh, okay. And how do you feel about that, Cody? <laughs> it's all good. Okay. Okay. You know, sometimes <laughs> we've you know- known for a long since we were very, very little. So it, we've Jared and I have known each other long before him and uh, Kayla ever started dating or anything. So, did you think maybe he was friends with you because he was interested in your yeah, sister? Definitely. Come definitely. on. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say at the time because we would have only been in like, like single digit years old at the at the oh, beginning. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, you know, love Fresh starts young. <laughs> love can start young. We're not going to judge, right? That's right. He, he was playing the long game. I see <laughs> that's that. Right. That's right. So looking at the long term thing here. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. 
And so as far as music is concerned, was this just kind of an evolution of your friendship, just getting together and jamming? Yeah, yeah. I would I would say so. Uh, you know, we, we started the band when we were kind of in, in, uh, in high school. And um, I don't know, music is definitely something that Cody and I have always connected around uh, from, from when we first started learning how to play different instruments and stuff. And and so it's it's always been a focal point of our of our friendship and and our relationship. And of course, it's just it's just developed and morphed, um, you know, over the years. I mean, we're we're both thirty years old now, so uh, we've you know we've been playing music together for you know fifteen years. Uh, you know, spanning back from when we were you know goofy looking kids in high school. So. I can just imagine what family reunions would be like, because you guys probably bring in your instruments and just like, you know, I go, my brother's a guitar player and, and my other brother is a wannabe guitar player. Hopefully he's not listening to the podcast because, because he does play guitar. Like he's got a couple of guitars kicking around there, but for family reunions, they're, you know, they've got their guitars with them or, or, you know, we'll be at one guy's house and the other brother picks up his brother's guitar and just starts strumming and, and stuff, which is really wild and neat <laughs> to see if, if my parents had their way, it would be recorders. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, which oh, just, you know, cannot happen at a family reunion, right, but, right. but you know, you know, just picking up the guitar and strumming or, or, you know, jumping on the keyboard or whatever, you know? Yeah. We, we always, we get coerced into it at our family reunions. It's not so much we volunteer. It's we get there and someone just so happens, quote unquote, to have a guitar on hand that may or may not be in tune or anything. And then they're like, hey, will you guys sing us some songs? And then we're like, yeah, sure. You know, and everybody has a good time. So. Right, right. So it's not it's not where you just kind of pick up the guitar and you're just picking at it. And, and then it comes to, hey, will you sing us a song? No, no, typically okay. not. Okay. If we had our way, we would not partake partake in the music festivities of family reunions. Yeah. Well, my my one brother's a pastor, and so who guess who says grace? Of course, of course. <laughs> Got to get the pastor to say grace before the family meal, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So tell us about um, your band after Grace. Yeah, I mean, um, it's Jared not we. You know, we play out uh, when we tour and stuff. Sometimes we go as a duo, um, and depending on what it is, sometimes we have um, some other guys that we have come out and play with us when we do more full band um, shows and things. But a lot of times it's duo stuff, and Jared and I are the quote-unquote owners of the band, if you would say. Um, and, you know, we – honestly, we the, the main thing for us is – it, sometimes it sounds cliche when you're talking about people who are in Christian music, but for us, we view ourselves as ministry first and music second. So like we want to put out great music. We want, when we go have shows, we want to play. Obviously that's been sparse this year. We want to play in front of tons of people and have a good time and put on a good show. But, but that can't take precedent over our main goal. And that is just to, touch people and bless people and and be there for people and pray that our music has an impact on someone's heart and that God uses what he's given us to share with people to to help someone in some way for us that's that's what we consider success and that's where our uh, our main heart lies with all of it you know above everything else we we want to minister to as many people as we can and have an impact for the kingdom 
So what have you been doing during, you know, shutdowns and and whatnot and the fact that, you know, a lot of concerts haven't been able to materialize because of safety measures? Yeah, um, we've did a we've done a couple of virtual shows, um, which those were fun and that was cool. It's obviously not the same as as the real thing. Um, We have had a few uh, concerts this year in the past probably towards the end of summer is when we started to get a couple more done, some big festivals that didn't cancel. Um, so that was good that we got to do that. They were all, it was awkward cause it was socially distant type thing, but it was still fun to get out and play. And then we haven't done much else because when everything started happening with, um, our father, you know, we, we really, we put a pause on everything, obviously with all that, all that going on. So the past probably about two months now we haven't done much of anything at all because we've just been with our family and you know going through that process with everyone um so that's that's been tough but we're we are going on a christmas tour with jamie kimmett and joel vaughn um in december the first three weekends of december so we're excited about that to actually get out on a tour run again and and do it for christmas christmas shows are always a lot of fun um a lot of joy and all of that. So we're excited to get back out and uh, be on the road here in about a month or so. We had, we did have Joel Vaughn on the, on the podcast a while back. Mm-hmm. We've never mm-hmm. had Jamie Kimmett. I know uh, him and I have chatted on, uh, I think it was Instagram or something like that. And he's interested in it, but we just haven't been able to line up schedules. So put, yeah. in, put in a good word for us. We'll have him on yeah, one of these right. days. That's right. We'll, we'll do, we'll do. <laughs> yeah. So just, just to take a step back. So, so your, your uh, dad passed away and um my dad passed away this year as well but it was not covid it was just um he had uh, alzheimers and uh and he's just started slipping away over a period of time we chatted briefly about it on the podcast a while back as well um because we were talking a little bit about grief and and for me um i, I there wasn't I can't say there wasn't any grief. Of course, there's grief, but it was a little different because if you have a loved one that's that's leaving you over a period of time, you know, a year and a half, basically, because his memory is failing and, and at the end, he doesn't even know who you are anymore. You've kind of um, decided already and you've already, you know, over a period of time said goodbye already. Yeah. And so so it wasn't, you know, this big impact, impactful thing in my life where it's like, um, you know, we spent some time away or time focusing. And I mean, I was I was at work the day of the funeral. Um, I still did my show in the morning and then went to the funeral um, in the uh, like late morning or something like that. I think I, I think I went to the show I, or, or did my show. Now I can't remember, but I know that I was working the whole time through. I think I just took a couple of afternoons off just to you know help with the funeral arrangements and whatnot. But that's got to be um, you know with the pandemic and everything else. That's got to be that's got to be a huge um, as far as the way it impacts your family and your livelihood. Yeah, um, it was. You know, their words really do escape us. Honestly, um, you know, or Philip. Uh, Philip is that's Cody's dad. My father-in-law's his name. So Philip was diagnosed with COVID, and basically, um, you know, three weeks later he passed. Um, I mean, and our, our, you know, our world was. Um, I mean, it was shook just to the core. We we could have never expected or anticipated anything. Um, uh, I mean, he, he is a, he's a 55, he's a 55 year old man. He was healthy he has no underlying health conditions. He's not immunocompromised, you know? Um, and, and so as far as the percentile 
range that he is in as far as mortality goes. It's like, you know, 0.005%. I mean, it's just minuscule. And so, um, you know, our, and, and, you know, truthfully, we're still trying to pick up the pieces, man, just to be honest, we're, um, you know, so many things, there are so many uh, residual effects uh, other than just the, the the sheer grief of lose, losing someone who is so impactful, you know, he was a pastor um, at a, at a at a large church in a, in a small community, and uh, he was there for you know twenty five years, and and it was it was a community loss, you know, and so that um, the residuals are just they're 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 almost if not just as hard really uh, as as the, just the sheer grief of things, and so um, man, we're we're clinging. Um, we're clinging with 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 with, uh, with vengeance, by almost the work with everything we have to our faith um, to to hold on to to get us through, um, and and you know not to learn how to move on because I mean there you you never really can you know life will never never life will never be the same so to speak but I guess you learn how to live with um, and so we're we're kind of learning how to live with the. the the current circumstances of, of what, you know, this pandemic has, has brought to our, our lives personally, you know, it's, um, it's been crazy, man. It's just been, it's been wild. Yeah. Have you found, uh, sometimes this happens to me in the strangest of moments, um, in those sort of dark moments uh, of life or when things get pretty heavy where you actually get ministered to by your own song. <laughs> Like something that you wrote maybe a few years ago finally connects to you and your story in a whole new way. Yeah, no, I I think so because especially um, our latest release, Simple Things, that that song, a lot of that song directly. I mean, the song starts off directly talking about my father and oh, wow. and how I was raised, and that's where that song comes from. And in the the music video we shot, we purposely filmed it at my dad's church and at my grandparents' home and with my, with our family involved in it, because we were trying to relay that message of, of the family and and the simple things that sometimes we let step, step away because we get so caught up with work or daily lives or whatever else is going on that sometimes we forget to just eat dinner together at the table or spend time with each other or pray with each other and, you know, be kind to each other. And, you know, listening back to that song now, um, it really, it's, it's always emotional and it's always going to be, I think from now until forever, that song will always have an emotional impact because, um, my dad was a big part of that song because how he raised me and the things that, that I went through writing that song, um, directly come from partly him and, and what he's done for me and and all the things i appreciate and the man i've become so uh that song for sure has had one and i think jared he might want to share he he actually just texted me over the weekend about a song that we haven't played in several several years and he had just found it on a youtube clip um and he was like oh i haven't heard this so if you want to yeah i i mean so you're you know to answer your question like absolutely um you know, on, on Saturday, I found myself, um, well, Cody and I live in, in Mountain Home, Arkansas. It's, it's, um, it, it's an area surrounded by water. So it's, uh, there, there's rivers and lakes really everywhere. It's a beautiful place, but 
I found myself sitting by the White River uh, on Saturday morning, and uh, I just so happened to come across this song uh, that Cody and, uh, had wrote years and years ago. It was a, a worship song that we never, I don't know that we ever officially released, but we did, uh, we played at some big youth conference um, uh, several years back, and we, and we did a live performance video of that song. Um, and, and I just so happened to find that video and, and was listening to it. Yeah. And it was, it was ministering to me in that, in that moment for sure. And so, yeah, it, it, to answer your question, I, absolutely. Yeah. It absolutely does. Isn't that crazy? Like it's just, I find that so fascinating. Um, because some, when you listen back to music, usually it, you're, you're so close to it. You're so overly critical about it. But then all of a sudden <laughs> in the strangest of moments, these songs that have flowed through us, come right back at us and hit us in the face it's made even more uh, you know, personal than the first time around. yeah <laughs> yeah with with simple things we jared and i have talked about that a lot here recently like with simple things that song e- even even without the circumstances we've been through that song has a lot of emotional impact on me in particular because that came from a place in my life but jared and i were talking like now it's got a whole new meaning you know to, mm-hmm. to what that song is and represents um, and so even, man, we were talking about the, the next time we perform that song out, we don't even know if we're going to be able to make it through it, right. you know, without yeah. breaking down in tears and, and just emotion because, um, it, it just takes on a whole new meaning for us. So you, you guys are exactly right on with that though. It is, it is crazy how things come around like that and, and something that you put out to, to, minister to other people that you want to help other people mm-hmm. ends up coming back and helping you yeah. um, more so than you ever thought it would. Exactly. That's crazy. Um, slightly off topic. I'm, I'm wondering about how you guys found yourself on this path. Like what drew you into um, into music and music ministry? Because it means different, right? It's, it's different than you know, doing music like in a bar at a club or it's different than going the, the mainstream secular route. Um, this is, it's I, I obviously, you know, like you guys have a hearts for ministry. So I'm curious about like, how you guys moved into doing music as a thing, as a career choice. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it, well, my dad was a pastor and always has been. So for me, I know growing up, I was, you know, I was born and raised in the pews <laughs> per se. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I just took a early on, I started playing drums. Um, when I was young, I took an interest in it and played. And I, once I got uh, to a level that I was somewhat skilled enough to be able to do it for like a worship team and things, um, I started playing and, you know, I just had a passion for it from then on. And then just felt like, you know, God had, had open, open doors and was helping me in that area and gave me a joy for it and gave me a calling for it. So that's what we follow. And I know Jared kind of has a similar Mine's not as, that's kind of the impact for mine. Jared has kind of a similar um, experience with him, though. You wanna... Yeah, um, you know, music for me, I, I, I didn't grow up, I didn't, I, so I'm not a pastor's kid like Cody, um, and so I kind of grew up um, outside of church, but um, music has always been probably the most influential, actually, it has been the most influential um, a force in my life for sure. Uh, even, even in, in light of ministering Christianity, you know, I can look back at the most pivotal moments of, of my spiritual maturity and I can see how God used music in those, in those seasons 
to to really develop me and impact me. Um, and so, you know, music has brought me down some uh, some great roads, and the music has also uh, really influenced me to go down some dark paths as well. And so, um, just knowing the impact that music has had on my life and how important and valuable it is to me, you know, I, I always knew that um, that it was it was going to be a part of it was going to be a part of my journey, um, you know, for the long haul. Uh, you know, didn't know exactly how it was going to manifest, but I knew that that was definitely something God called uh, me to. And then, of course, you know, with Cody and I, uh, we're family. You know, we're always going to be family, and and uh, we both have share that that you know that deep passion um, for for music and for ministry through music, and we both understand the the power and influence that that comes through the words that we sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that. You know, I think early on when we were, you know, um, high school rockers, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we, had no true, we had no true concept of what we're talking about right now. <laughs> like, I, I, we just wanted to, like, be famous and, I guess, be loud. Wow. And, and yeah, <laughs> turn, it, turn it up to 11 and, and just, you know, bring the house down kind of thing. But, um, you know, but that's, that's, that's oftentimes how God works, you know, revealing pieces of the puzzle as, as we're ready to, uh, to see it. And so that's kind of how it's played out in our lives. Did it ever, uh, did it ever happen where there was at some point a light turning on to say, Hey, this is, this is our career or what did it just kind of evolve slowly? Um, that, you know, I've, I've never really thought about that. And me and Jared just kind of looked at each other like, Hmm, (laughs) um, maybe a little bit of both. Um, if that could even make sense, you know, I think it's just been one of those things that God had gifted us in this and has, has blessed us in this area. And then as we've grown up and we started doing more and more, um, God has continued to open doors. So, and obviously, you know, it was always our dream. It's always been our dream just in a personal way and in a selfish way, like, man, I would love to just play music all the time and do this to support my family. Right. That's every musician's dream in in a nutshell in that side of it. But like Jared was talking about it, it has become a lot more than that as we've grown up. And I think, you know, just seeing doors open and, and seeing God move in things and, and open paths for us that we never even thought were possible. You know, if, if our careers ended today, like we would be very happy and, and proud of, of what God has allowed us to do to this point, you know, we would have, we wouldn't be upset or anything as much because we've just seen God move in so many ways. And, and we just, we're going to keep going until he tells us to stop. And, you know, so I think it's, I think it's continual uh, for sure. But I also think um, the light bulb kind of thing was there from the beginning too. So I I think it's a mixture of both. Definitely. Uh, you mentioned uh, near the beginning there the fact that you are both "quote unquote" owners of the band. Can we can we talk a little bit about that? I I think um, you know a lot of pe- a lot of artists when they're just a single artist like like you are Drew you're you're self employed and you are the sole owner of Drew Brown Music. So how does it work with a band? Is it is it actually a structure where, you know, the band has a bank account called After Grace and you've got, you know, it's almost like it's incorporated where there's a president and a vice president and that sort of thing? Yeah, that's it's it's very similar to that. So After Grace uh After Grace, you know, it is an incorporated business, it's a limited liability corporation, so it's an LLC. 
Um, and, and Cody and I are, are the only two quote members of that LLC. And so we don't share like a president and vice president role, but we are both co-owners, co-equals as far as that goes. So technically you could say we both own 50% of the quote business. Right. Um, and so, yeah. And, and it's always, it's always been that way. Um, you know, since we started the, the band after grace, of course, we've had different members, both temporary and permanent members. We hire out musicians and things of that nature as well. Uh, but that's more like contract labor, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. but, but, you know, Cody, Cody and I, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we, we pour everything into the, this, this business, if you will, is, is certainly, uh, our baby. Um, you know, we, we've, poured our heart and soul into it we've um you know we've uh, often if not almost all the time uh we we don't take any profit at all from from what we gain you know right now we still both work full-time jobs and um you know and are are doing that i think so we're kind of the weekend warrior if you will um Mm -hmm. as far as when we travel and play and, and such um but but you know we we yeah, I would I would say that's you know how you described it is very is is very similar to how our our, our business is, is set up there. Have you guys ever done and, any crowdfunding or anything like that? Uh, we not really. I mean, we've had people give to us and support us in that way, but we just we've always just kind of felt like you know we we want to put in the hard work and we want to be a part of the grind, even though sometimes it's not the most fun. Like <clears throat> like we want to do our part, and we don't. <clears throat> we don't want to go <clears throat> asking for favors per se, unless we 100% feel we're doing all we can in our power and, and with what we feel God leading us to, to pursue. Right. So, I mean, we, you know, and with, <clears throat> with it too, it's like, there's so much more. Sometimes people don't realize um, general, the general public doesn't realize how much getting stuff done in music costs. Like just to, just to get a song recorded, get it done when you're professionally. Yeah. When you're, when you're uh, traveling, all the things that come with that, if you have to hire out crew, when you have to hire out musicians, um, just all the little things that a lot of people don't realize that come back and eat into the cost. And some people are like, man, I can't believe this artist charges so-and-so thousands of dollars to come and play. That's ridiculous. They're just in it for the money. But if a lot of times we've we've had people talk to us like, I know you guys don't charge that much, but this person charges this. That just seems absurd. And we're like, well, you got to look at it like this. They have a family to support. Every band member has a family to support. The entire crew has a family member to support. Those tour buses take uh, thousands of dollars of fuel to get anywhere. They have management they have to pay. They have a label that they have to pay a lot of times. They have publishing they have to give kickbacks to. And when you start explaining a lot of that to them, that that big amount of money they see starts to dwindle down really fast before it gets back to the artists themselves. And sometimes people are like, oh, well, that makes more sense now. I've never thought about it that way. You know, so it's it's kind of funny sometimes to uh, to explain a lot of that side of it to people and see how they react to it when they realize like that there's so many other hands that go into um, artists money, whether that's good or bad, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, you haven't even touched on the bus driver, the technical mm-hmm. team, you know, the, your production team, the guys that are doing audio for the concert or or gas for the bus or or flight arrangements mm-hmm. or yep. accommodations. That's right. Meals. I mean, That's you right. got to eat, right? Yeah. But yep. it's it's nope. incredible. Like, so you you show up at a at a, a festival or something like that, and you see all these you know buses parked out back, and I get you know the opportunity to to go backstage, so I see all this stuff, and and you think the cost involved to putting on one of these concerts, you know, people are paying you know thirty, forty, fifty, sixty bucks, maybe a hundred bucks to go to this festival and see you know four or five bands. Little do they know the cost on putting this thing on. On. The grounds themselves, the grounds where you're going to be, that would cost money to, the, to rent. The insurance for it? Insurance, all that <laughs> stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. And so people think, oh, wow, you know, 100 bucks, 150 bucks to go to this festival. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but what are you getting for it? it you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's it incredible. Adds up, it adds up really quick. And, you know, we're, we've, we were with the label and, you know, that was awesome. We, we were blessed and, and, we're so happy that we got to take part in that. Um, but we're back to uh, flying solo right now and don't going independent. And we, we've always tried, we want to stay independent as long as we can um, do it and not overly stress ourselves out doing it until we can't handle it. I would say that um, we're, we're kind of getting closer to that point where it's getting a little too stressful um, to do it all on our own. Um, which is a good thing, and, and we're glad that, that mm-hmm. God is moving and, and we're seeing growth in areas everywhere. But, you know, we, we've tried our best to try to do everything we can independently until we just absolutely can't do it anymore because um, we've had we've some of our seasoned artists and, and big national acts that we are, are good friends with and we've toured with, they've given us advice like, hey, you know, one thing we would tell you guys is, don't make the mistake of signing a contract too early that you're not ready for. Don't give away too much of something um, when you're not prepared for it. Just do as much as you can on your own until you literally cannot physically take care of it anymore. So, you know, we, we just tried our best to, to do everything we can to, to keep everything um, within after grace until uh, the time comes, maybe in the very near future, who knows that, um, we just we can't take care of it by ourselves anymore. Well, and maybe at that point you're not necessarily with a label. Maybe you're with a management company who helps you. Mm. You know where where you either struggle or where you just don't have the time to you know be coordinating the concerts or the gigs that you're going to. They take care of that for you. Um, you know, they, yeah. they take care of some of the administrative type stuff. It doesn't necessarily have to be a label either. There's advantages to to having a label. Obviously, mm. they they do a lot for you, but like you say, you don't want to give away the, give away everything else. So. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, we've, we've met with a lot of management companies. We've, we've met with other labor reps and things. Um, and this year we've done some of that, um, quite, quite a bit. And it's one of those things we just, you know, we're praying for if that time comes and, and it's going to take place, we're just praying for guidance and direction to make the right choice, you know, because it's easy to get trigger happy um, with this type of stuff. Cause you see that all the help you can receive, but then you really just have to think about like, is it going to be worth it in the long haul? Because sometimes if you don't read through a lot of those contracts and things on the fine print, you'll, you'll go back and look and be like, Oh, I didn't realize this. And yeah. maybe you're finding yourself in an unhappy situation. So, you know, we, 
we're, we've been in some meetings with some of those people and, you know, we'll continue to do so. We're all about networking. We, we love to network with any and everyone we can because we just, we love making new friends and getting advice and whatever it is. But, you know, we're just taking it day by day and step by step and praying that God opens the right doors and, and shows us the path that, that we need to take when and if that time comes. I was at a music festival uh, probably a couple of summers ago now, and uh, there was a band that was performing there. I knew the guys. I had breakfast with them one morning before, you know, going to the uh, festival site. And there's uh, the band itself has got two full-time members, and the rest were, you know, part-timers or hired on as needed for for the bigger concerts and, and stuff. And I asked them, you know, if you got, they were independent at the time. I, I believe they're with the label now, but at the time they were independent. And I said, have you guys ever thought about signing with a label? And at that time, their response to me was, you know, uh, if we were to sign, and this is their full-time thing, okay? This is mm-hmm. how they support their families. He said, if we were to sign to a label, we would actually make less money because of uh, yeah. everything the label would be doing for us. We have to pay for that. And so their take-home pay, you know, and, and you you know, you can talk about ministry all you want. You can talk about, you know, the the um, the Christian element to all of this, but but the business side of things is is the money. And you know, whether you like it or not, you have to look at that part. Whether you're a, an artist, yeah. independent artist by yourself or with a band, that's right. And so for them, they they said we we couldn't financially do it, sign with a label at this time because it would mean less take home pay. And we, you know, they've got kids and wives and and whatnot mm-hmm. that they have to support. So yeah, no, I we. You know, we we totally understand that, and that's another reason, partly another reason why we we've stayed independent, stay try to stay independent, um, especially on like the management side and things, um, because like Jared said, you know, sometimes we don't profit, um, and and we're not like I said, we're not all about the dollar with everything that we do, um, but yeah, at the same time, you know, it it definitely does help, and that we. Um, I have two children, six-year-old and a three-year-old, and a beautiful wife. Jared is married to my sister, and um, they're in the process of adopting five children. And so, you know, we we just have to, as men, our our number one responsibility before anything else, you know, is to make sure they are provided for and taken care of. And as much as we, like, if it was just Jared and I, and this never, and we, it's like in a, fantasy world sure we would just go full time and scrape and do what we can eat like saltine crackers and vinegar and vinegar bread sandwiches you know if we had to but we as men are our charge and what god tells us is you know you have to provide for your family first and foremost and so um we we just have to take care of that above all else because that's what's most important can we just go back to one of your comments um jared uh, if I can ask, you know, most most families when they start, you know, you have a you have a kid, and then you know, a year or two later, you have another kid, and then you just kind of work your way to the five kids. But you, you, five all at once, like what is going on? <laughs> um, I don't know if that is rhetorical or <laughs> if I'm supposed to. Post that. <laughs> do you do you know what you're in for? Um. No, no, of course I don't know what I'm in for. I have no kids right now, and at the end of this week, five of them will be living with me permanently. Wow. <laughs> I have so no awesome. idea what I'm in for. Um, so I, I don't know, like, I mean, I've, I've shared this, you know, like, I, I, don't, I won't get into our story because it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty in-depth, but 
Um, short story is, you know, my wife and I have been in this process of adopting these kids. They were supposed to move in on September the 25th, but we buried Philip on September the 26th. Right. And so, that, you know, that through the, the, when I was mentioning earlier, the residual effects of, uh, of Philip's passing have been, have been what, what, well, it's just been tough. Uh, so, um, but you know, through either through faith that I can't, I don't fully understand if I have, or if I'm mentally insane, it's one of those <laughs> two, but my wife and I have decided to press forward with bringing these kids in, um, and, and giving them a home. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know what I'm in for, man. I'm, I'm scared out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, 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 I bet. Hey, when I, when I had my first kid, I was scared out of my yeah, mind. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this is, uh, there's, unfortunately there's nothing in the books for this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You know, when, when, when my son was born, um, it was, uh, he was a, he was a, they call him a sugary baby. My wife had gestation diabetes. She doesn't have diabetes now, but she, for, for that first pregnancy and for her second, she didn't have it. But for the first pregnancy, she had gestation diabetes. And so when he was born, his sugar level was too high. So they kept him in hospital and it was almost like, uh, oh, this is easy, you know, cause she's in hospital, the baby's in the hospital <laughs> and they're, they're making sure he's getting all the nutrients that he needs and everything else. And then when when they were both released from hospital honestly when when we got home it's like oh no <laughs> oh no what do i do now right oh, like like for the mom it's pretty easy you know you do you know you do your stuff you do your mom's stuff but for the for the man it's like oh no what have i got myself into <laughs> i don't have a clue what to do now so yeah. that's okay we've all been there and the funniest thing is when your kids are older and then they start having kids. They're going to call you for advice, and then they'll realize you just kind of made it up as you went. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. True, man. Like I'm going to be making a whole lot of stuff up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, that's that. Well, that's exciting. It's scary, that's, but exciting. That's for you. a really beautiful thing. I, I, yeah, very excited for you, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's so good. So let's get back to the music side a little bit more. Um, you guys have opened up for you know people like Toby Mac, Building 429, Colton Dixon, Seventh Time Down, Sanctus Real, Cochran and Company, Dan Bremnis, a few of these people we've already had on the podcast over the last little while. Uh, if you had a favorite, who would it be? Man. <laughs> uh, okay. I think there's layers to this. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I just wanted to put you in that spot because they might be listening and, you know, <laughs> if you want to get called back and open for them. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's true. They're all our favorites. There we go. Good <laughs> answer. Good answer. What a safe response. Good answer, man. Well, answer. so, um, I, okay, so, gosh, that's, you know, that's really tough. That's a loaded question. That's, yeah, that's tough. Well, obviously, um, you know, there's the, the element that we've already touched on, but, um, you know, we've, so we've gone on tours with, with these, some of these guys that you mentioned, uh, where it's been full bands and like, you know, the full lights and show kind of thing, you know, where you go, everything's all out. And then we've gone on tours with some of these people where it's been, um, full acoustic, broken down, much more intimate setting. Um, and, and the vibe is so totally different. Um, and I will say, you know, the, the, the difference between tours when you're full production versus when you're more laid back trying to create an instrument really i mean it's a lot uh not just the music it, mm-hmm. it changes a lot um you know so we we had the opportunity of going on tour with uh building 429 two years ago um yeah. and we've been on tour with them several times but this particular one um we played with them and it was an all acoustic run uh and so very broken down 
um, very intimate. We, you know, uh, minimal production kind of thing. And, 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 and Building 429, they played their whole set acoustic. You know, no tracks, no nothing. Uh, it was just so minuscule as far as production goes. And, uh, and, you know, Building 429 has, you know, always been a band that, for me personally, I've, I've, I've enjoyed listening to growing up for sure. Uh, you know, I've, I listened to them when I was, you know, a kid, literally when I was a teenager and a preteen. So it was, and, and during that tour, you know, they, they broke down a lot of their songs and talked about some of the stories behind them. And also they played some of those songs that I grew up listening to, you know, 10 years, 15 years before I'd ever met them. Um, and so for the, for for reasons that aren't necessarily directly related to the band per se, um, like that acoustic run with building 429 was, was really, really special to me because, you know, there are songs that, that they played acoustically that, you know, we backstage, uh, listening to that. I remember as a kid, you know, being broken before, before the Lord, maybe going through some things or whatever, uh, and being ministered to in those moments. And so to be there with them live, hearing those songs acoustically, just hearing their hearts in them, and also reminiscing of, you know, 13-year-old Jared, 15-year-old Jared, it was very surreal, surreal for me. And so, like, if I can recall a, a specific time where we played with a band that impacted so much that I would say they were my favorite, it would be probably be that specific yeah. tour with Building 429. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know that I can expand it beyond that. It's just that uh, one acoustic run with Building 429 has probably been the, the the most impactful for me. Yeah, I I would I would double down on that. It was it was quite it was it was just crazy because you know we <clears throat> and was that the first time we had ever met them? It, it was, wasn't it? So, the first yeah. time we had been out with them. Um, <clears throat> And it was like, it was the coolest thing. Like, uh, Jason's like, Hey guys, you want to come on the bus? We're going to talk blah, blah, blah before. So we got to go hang out with them. And it was, it was really in a, like, this is going to sound very cheesy. It was kind of one of those, you were initially starstruck because you're like, you go from listening to these people as a teen to you're out on the road with them, you know, a decade or so later. And it, it was, it was surreal. And hearing these songs, in this more intimate manner was very special and, you know, very impactful just because it was so, it was so real and relatable in that moment. So I, I would agree with Jared. That's the most, uh, probably quote unquote, our favorite um, one we've done with, with some of those more nationally known artists. That's not to take away from the other guys played with, like, you know, recently we played with Crowder um, and man, he, what show he put on, you know, like, you know, talk about talented musicians and a lot of fun. Like, you know, Cody and I, our most recent sound and really who we truly are as musicians kind of probably flows more in that like um, country Americana uh, kind of vibe. Probably, probably, you know, in the the latest single, Simple Things, and what a uh, few more things that are better to come will really show that more how our sound has developed. Um, but, uh, but anyways, I, I would say, you know, playing with guys like Crowder and things where we, we jive more with probably their sound was awesome. And that's certainly not to take away from, you know, being able to share the stage with some of those super talented guys like Toby Mack as well. You know, they put on a, an excellent show. Um, and yeah, we, we've shared the stage with a lot of talented people who we've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but they're just, yeah, there are a few of them that just kind of really stick out for maybe some more personal reasons, not so much just the, 
how awesome is this band? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not really a fair question. I mean, I'm just goofing around when I, when I ask the question, but um, part partly to, to name drop some of the guys that you've you've performed with. I can understand what you're saying about Crowder uh, because if if you have similar musical styles in your sound. Uh, that would work well, and 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 that's that's the sound that Crowder has as well. So I understand that completely. Uh, and then your your comment about you know the acoustic uh, you know uh, concert or or series of concerts, we've had that with with other people that we've talked to on the podcast where uh, it was unintentionally an acoustic performance where they had you know technical problems and the sound died, and so they just you know got their guitar and started singing. And, and, mm-hmm. and when, when we've asked that question, that was one of their most memorable and um, unique experiences that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Yeah, I think a lot of that just kind of, and, and we've heard other people, you know, they'll sometimes say that they have their most fun when they get to do that. And I think, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just, you're kind of getting back to the roots and bare bones of basic music. It's like, because it brings back it brings back kind of the we're sitting around the campfire and we're jamming and having fun. We're not so much as worried about being perfect and playing the song exactly how you hear it on the radio. Right. We we are we are just playing music as musicians and sharing our hearts with you. And I think that's why a lot of times those more acoustic and intimate sessions are sometimes the most special for everybody. Yeah, and yeah. and when you're playing with a track um you might be limited in what you can do with that track. Like, you know, if you're playing acoustically, you can you can sing it a different way or slow it down or, uh, you know, start all over again and do whatever you want acoustically, whereas with, with the track, uh, you might be a little limited in some of that. Oh, yeah, for sure, because typically with your tracks, you have a cue guy in there. Whatever variation of cue voice that people want to use, you know, for us, <laughs> it's just a voice that'll be like, intro two three four with the click going and you just follow what the guy says so you yeah. don't get lost yeah. right? that's right and that's how it goes you know i would um, i would but, like to be that voice but you can be you can be <laughs> there's also something really cool about like when you're doing acoustic shows uh, depending on you know what's what's happening in the room when you can hear all the voices coming at you yeah there's you know because when when you're full mm-hmm. band you're rocking it and you know even if you have like a mic that's you know, aimed towards the crowds you can hear some of their their noise in your mix it's just not the same when you just hear like their voices going crazy on an acoustic set it's yeah. just something so beautiful oh, about that definitely so yeah we you know we've we're not even most people don't know who we are right that's fine we're still growing but we the people that are that do support us around the country when we went and a lot of times when Jared and I do our duo show, it's usually kind of a half and half thing yep, I where gotcha. yep. um, I will play drums standing up and nice. leading and singing and Jared will play guitar and then we'll have our tracks going and then we'll break it down and do the other half of the set and we kind of do, do it in different ways, but we'll do part, half of the set acoustically as well. And honestly, we have way the most fun when we do that. And it's tip when people are just singing with you and you can you can feel all the passion and the love in the room, and especially we do a lot of acoustic worship things. Um, that is always incredible because it's like you just have all these people together, and you're worshiping God like as one body, and like you can hear everybody pouring their hearts out along with you. 
and it's just it definitely creates a beautiful moment for sure. Yeah, those are my those are my favorite. Although you like to hear the big band and the oh, yeah the, the the way you hear it yeah. on the radio and whatnot, yeah. that's all great. But when it all just gets stripped down and simple. Especially in the in the smaller intimate um, uh, areas, you know, like right. I can understand a big, you know, concert hall or a big theater or uh, you know, like an outdoor festival where there's this huge stage. And I understand the benefits and the fun you can have with that. But then when it's that smaller setting, uh, and not necessarily smaller um, physically, it can still be a, a large um, <clears throat> venue. But mm-hmm. that whole, all that acoustic stuff happening and the people singing along and stuff like that. I mean, there's there's your choir, there's your background vocals, right? Exactly, that's right. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, I mentioned that we talked about that Christmas tour we're going out with with uh, Jamie and Joel um, at the beginning of December for uh, I believe it's nine or ten shows. It's the first three weekends of December, but um, that <clears throat> it's going to be the whole concert is going to be a lot more stripped down than a typical so we're super pumped about it because it's going to be it's just going to be more like kind of like we're having you know christmas type dinner with all the people that are there type thing and and we're just we're super pumped because like we've been talking about it here the last few minutes like for us we have so much so much fun when we get to when we get to do our shows in that manner and uh so that tour is definitely going to represent that a lot so it's it's definitely going to be a blast nice it's amazing. Yeah. Great chatting with you guys. Uh, appreciate the fact that you guys were uh, able to come on the podcast, especially, you know, after your recent loss and stuff. Uh, but certainly, uh, I think it was interesting to to talk about that in, in light of everything that's happening in the pandemic and everything else. I, I, you know, as we as you said earlier, there's a new meaning, uh, whether it be the song or or life in general that that comes out of it. So. Yeah, definitely so. And and thank you guys so much for having us. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys was. were great. Yeah, was. Yeah. Th- thanks so much, guys. It was thanks, great guys. to know you. Yep, definitely so. Hopefully we'll get to chat with you guys again sometime. Wow, what a great conversation with uh, Cody and Jared from After Grace. Um, you know, it's, it's sad when you hear about things that happen during the pandemic when somebody passes away or gets sick, number mm-hmm. one, yeah. and, and, and then the worst case scenario happens when somebody passes away. But it's also interesting to hear the perspective, you know, how they're coping with it, what they're, totally. you know, what they're doing now. And, That's right. and, uh, you know, every, you know, he, he mentioned residual effects, you know, so he passed away a few months ago and they're still coping with the residual effects. And so it's interesting to hear that because all of us either go through that or will go through that in yep. the future. Yep. So it's interesting to hear their perspective on it. And then family and kids adoption. Uh, that's just wild. Yeah. What, what Jared's going through or about to go through. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For me, this is like one of those episodes where whenever people ask like, what is the podcast about? And I say, well, it's about the stuff that happens, you know, when you're not on stage, when you're not producing music. This was a perfect example of that. Yeah. Because a lot of it was kind of like just life, the 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 life of being in the music industry and sort of managing all these things are happening because life continues. Yeah. You know, we'll have death in the family. We'll have births. We'll have kids coming out of nowhere. These things will happen and these things are part of life. And these things are, are part of our, our shared story, our shared experience as human beings. And so it's really cool kind of hearing um, not just what they're going through, but also how they're managing it and how they're really leaning into their faith, how they're really leaning on each other, how they're growing in this pandemic 
like and in this stage of life that they're in. It was a beautiful conversation. I think it's important too for for um, musical fans that aren't in the business but are are understanding that these are just guys just yeah. like you and I right. and the person listening right now. That's right. And they have lives, they have families, they have stuff that they go through. And to hear that and understand that and even, you know, thinking back to what they were talking about, you know, when you make money at a concert, you know, where's all this money going That's to? Right. And and the fact that they very rarely will pocket that money because it all goes to pay, pay expenses. That's it. And then you wonder why the ticket prices are the way they are. Hello. You yep. know, that's right. The reality hits. So hopefully people understand that. But yeah, great to chat with Cody and Jared from After Grace. Well, make sure you check out AfterGraceBand.com to find all the links to their music and events and social media. And it's almost time for us to go. But before we do, hey. it's time for artist advice. That's right. And today we have uh, the former lead singer of Iron Bell, Stephen McWhorter. Here he is. You know, I would say spend more time. Um, in the secret place with the Lord. Um, the idea is that you want people to, when you get on a stage or when you write a song or whatever it is you do, you want them to experience the overflow of a life lived in the presence of God. Now, to unchristianize all that, the idea is that, you know, as a songwriter myself and as a worship guy myself, I have to like be really intentional about setting in front of my piano or my guitar or whatever and not hitting record on voice memo, not practicing for Sunday or trying to write a song, literally just singing to the Lord, like my Bible open, doesn't have to be perfect. The more time I spend just doing that, honestly, out of that, people are experiencing the overflow of this thing that's super intimate and real. And so then it's not like I'm on a stage and now I'm like, now I'm worshiping, you know? No, now it's just the overflow of what I do all the time when nobody's watching. And normally what I see in people, sometimes it's not even like talent. It's like somebody can be an okay worship leader, but there's just something about them. You know, you're like, oh, and what it is, it's just that, oh, this person's with Jesus. So it's just spend more time with him, just you and him for the purpose of just it being you and him. And then what people experience on a stage is the overflow of that. Oh, Brother Stephen. Yeah, it's really important to um, always like lead from the overflow. The more we kind of do on our own, the more we kind of spend time with the divine, the more we have more to give when we're actually leading. I think it's really important. You know, we all live life, right? <laughs> yes, we do. As we heard earlier from After Grace, we all go through stuff. And I, I suppose a lot of it is how we deal with stuff. Yeah. Right. But spending that intimate time with God and then, as you said, and as he said, the overflow yeah. is what we hear and experience right. when you're on stage. And that's really, really important. Boom. That was deep. Right? Yeah. Are we done? Uh, there's the music. So I guess we are. <laughs> <laughs> Whether we like it or not. <laughs> okay. 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 I get the hint. I get the hint. That is it for this week, folks. Thanks once again for uh, tuning into the show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast for new episodes every Monday. And don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. That just helps us reach more people. And we would love to connect with you on Facebook and or Twitter. <laughs> you can reach us at Between Grooves. We love the Facebook and Twitter. So, you know, talk to us. Let us know who we should have on the show or any maybe some cool questions we should be asking. Connect with us, chat it up, and we'll see you next time on Between the Grooves. Between the Grooves.